Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann, the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're talking chocolate. I can't even wait. I'm going to meet the CEO of Indianapolis-based Endangered Species Chocolate. Kurt Vandermeer is here. Kurt, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Justin, my honor. Thank you for the invitation. Man, I couldn't wait. I love, well, I love dark chocolate. I'm sure there's, you, you know, everyone probably has their own favorite chocolate. And, um, but man, I, when I was looking at our plan to talk this today, I was just so excited to meet you. Um, guys, for those listening, we're going to dive into the industry today. We're going to talk down um, the product, um, the company, and the uh, who their, their focus is in terms of consumer, the route to market. Um, and some lessons learned. I'm really excited. Um, Kurt's going to share a lot of great insights with us. So let's do this, Kurt. Before we jump into the company, how about just share a little bit about your background um, and kind of how you, you came into this role? Yeah, Justin, thank you for that. You know, I sometimes commonly refer to this as my two beer story because <laughs> it, it sometimes can take up to two <laughs> beers to hear all of, all of what transpired. I'll tell you what, Justin, the two bourbon story is really the best one. But let me see if I can't boil <laughs> this bourbon. down a little bit to you. Let me start off by saying I'm an accountant by trade. I went to school. I, I came out with an accounting degree, and I spent the first six years in public accounting. And then I had a great opportunity to jump over into manufacturing. And I was working for a company that was in the electronic hardware industry. Think of this. Think of a server rack. A server goes bad. You slide the server out. You drop a new one in. Well, they were making those slides. And that was that business was phenomenal before Y2K. Sure. We were dealing with all of the fun companies, the ones that were in your 401k that you wanted to have. We also dealt with the companies you didn't want to have in your 401k after Y2K because business started to move to Mexico and then to other parts of the country. And that business began to kind of suffer. Got it. So I was out in the marketplace and lo and behold, one day my phone rings and he says, I'm Randy Deer with the Endangered Species Chocolate Company. And I thought you're who with me? <laughs> what wildlife organization is that? Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. That phone call, that conversation led to me sitting here in this in this chair today that ultimately wow. I joined Endangered Species Chocolate when it was 12 years old and the growth had not really occurred. Wow. Came came here to the facility that we're in now and I've moved from an accounting role to a chief operating officer role to a CEO role to a minority owner to a majority owner to the sole owner of endangered species chocolate. Justin, the two beer version is great. The two bourbon story is even better. I love it. I'm going to use that, by the way. That's actually really great. 550 episodes. No one's ever used that. So that's really fun. Um, okay. So the organization, what, close to 25, 27, 28 years old now. Um, you got there and you said there had not been much growth. Where did the organization start and where was it when you got there? Yeah. Just we're going to be approaching our our. our our 30th year and kind of 18 years or so here um, under the, the new new regime. And there was a nice foundation built, but it, it was the growth really occurred once we came to Indianapolis and we began to just surround the organization with the resources that it needed to continue to grow. And also at that time, natural foods was beginning to have its totally. rise. Uh, totally. We were, we, you know, uh, 
you know, there was a person that was helping us that wasn't on our organization called Dr. Oz, and he was telling everyone dark chocolate, like you mentioned in the <laughs> right. beginning, plus red wine. Oh, man, that's just a great combination, right? We're getting the, the health benefits of, of those two organizations. And endangered species chocolate is built on um, a platform of better for you chocolate. So as the natural industry has continued to, to grow, We've grown along with that, and and we believe we believe that we're one of the the uh, early brands to adopt the basis of natural. Sure, foods. love it. Um, talk about where you guys are in the chocolate industry. I'll call it. Um, and how do you think about the industry and and the growth or non growth? Like, talk give our audience a bit of perspective on the industry. You know, I I think a, um, an easy way is to kind of share the story or to. To remind people that might maybe have been into a Kroger store. I can remember going into grocery stores where natural foods was a store within a store. Right. It was, it was its it was own section. Of, That's right. It was its own section. And sometimes prominently displayed and sometimes it was in the back left corner. Right. right? Or, or somewhere it was. But it was a store within a store. You had to know the destination you were going to if you wanted to find these natural foods. And then you hoped when you got there, it carried the brands that you were familiar with. Now look at what natural foods is. And it, you see it also next to all of the other offerings that are within the in the category. And sometimes even with a halo banner over the top of it saying better for you. And I think that's where the consumer is now looking and saying, I don't have to just go into a subsection of a store. I can go to my favorite retailer and I can find the better for you option that is available. Love that. Yeah. So um, I, I also enjoyed reading about some of the ingredients, smooth dark chocolate, fair trade vanilla, fair trade cane sugar, real California grown almonds, pink Himalayan sea salt, organic craft caramel. I mean, yum. Um, was this like <laughs> was this the state of the business when you got there? You know, were you, were you already into these ingredients and with this product set? Or what did that look like? Did you have to shift things up to, to drive growth? You always have to shift things up in, or, in order to drive growth. You always have to be innovating in order to meet the consumer. But there has been a baseline of a portfolio on which we've been able to build. And you mentioned it earlier, dark chocolate has been that base that's been there. One of our one of our top sellers is an 88% cocoa content bar. Smooth, nothing added, no almonds, none of those great ingredients that you were or uh, uh, inclusions that you were talking about. It's just a very high cocoa content, therefore a very low sugar content bar that has that really high cocoa content that if those consumers are looking for that, that's what they know. They know that they're looking at those numbers. They're chasing those, those numbers up. It can have a very distinctive flavor profile. You like the bitter chocolate then when you're going for the higher cocoa content, but that's always been in our, in our portfolio. We do a lot of products around a 72% cocoa content. Again, at that kind of uh, level where you begin to explore some of the health benefits of dark chocolate, but we've seen the consumer change over time. And so we know that we need to be offering a lot of different uh, chocolates in order to satisfy their palate. Milk chocolate is making a resurgence. We have a line that incorporates oat milk into it as well. So the consumer is changing 
But also we recognize that sometimes the consumer likes what they like, and that's what the bar that they want. That's totally. the flavor that they want. And they come back to that time after time after time again. That's why we can see a number of those items that you just uh, listed continue to be our top sellers. Yeah, I was just going to go to there to, on the product side. You guys have some great packaging, by the way. I, it's, it looks just sharp, and um, I, I really, really am impressed. Um, a lot of different flavors here: caramel, raspberries, fudgy peanut butter, extreme dark, etc. What are your best sellers, and um, how have you grown the product mix over time? So again, our, our some of our dark, some of our best sellers tend to be on the dark side. The eighty-eight percent that I talked to you about. Almonds and sea salt are always a, a favorite. Caramel and, and chocolate is, is good. But it, we can go then to kind of the more indulgent side of, of uh, the flavor profile. So fudgy peanut butter combined with milk or milk with almonds and coconut that's going to be released here soon. But then also go into the um, indulgent flavors of a food. Filled bar, so a raspberry filled bar or the caramel caramel filled bar. And then the alternatively better for you, as I mentioned earlier, the oat milk bar, where we saw the rise of, of oat milk and the next generation who really has embraced the alternative milks. And so we have a line that incorporates oat milk at two different cocoa contents as well. So it, it is a it's a process where you are constantly looking at what is the consumer looking at. And we also use other categories and other events in the world to help us shape what our innovation funnel is going to look like. Got it. Yeah, I was um, next going to head to route to market. I noticed on Amazon, you guys have an incredible store. Uh, whoever designed that did a really nice job of laying it out and almost five star on your products, which is amazing. Um, talk about how, where you're selling today. Uh, and, and, and again, thinking about when you first got there, did you already have the direct to consumer channel Were you in stores and then online? Like, what did that look like? And how have you evolved that? Yeah, it, it certainly uh, the e-commerce was not that prevalent when I when I first uh, started, and we had some distribution in retail. Most of the time, you're going to find us in your favorite grocery stores. That's the that's the predominant market that we play in. I have a fun story to to kind of share. I'm, we were going to have a a meeting to begin to talk about all of the different delivery methods that we were beginning to see. This is kind of this is pre-COVID in a way, but we we're beginning to see people with the the pickup service or the um, the ship, the, the the Instacart. And the meeting was to start at 930. And I walked into the meeting and I just started to laugh. And I said, this meeting is over before it even begins. That was Why? the day. That was the day Amazon announced they had purchased Whole Foods. I said, <laughs> everything is changing now. Whatever you thought was going to be happening in grocery, whatever you thought the e-commerce part of it was going to be, is not going to be exactly as it is now. We have a new entrance into e-commerce. Wow, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that from a number of different in industry uh, leaders in terms of just how the industry has changed and shifted over time. And um, and I see a lot of also new brands that start in the direct-to-consumer channel, move to e-commerce marketplaces, then you know focus on stores. Um, you know, and, and for you guys, you already have a presence in all of those channels. How do you have to continue to sell into retail outlets, or you, do you already have the presence you're looking for from a scale perspective? You know, I, I know that we have the good reputation and I know we've had some great relationships with the retailers, but you're right. There are new uh, items that continue are being presented to the category managers and they have to make some tough decisions and decide 
what are their consumers looking for? The good news with, with us and endangered species chocolate is we can bank on our 30-year history. Those retailers know what they can come to, to expect with us. But at the same time, we have to be able to be able to match what the consumer is wanting to see at that retail. And we have to partner and be for our retailers as well. And that means bringing to them new innovation, new ideas, things that we see as the category leader and as the 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 mainstay of the category. What have we seen over the 30 years that we know will resonate? We've seen fads come and go. We've we've seen a lot of different changes over time. We want to be for the retailer and say we are here to offer our expertise, offer our products, our our mission, our what we stand for, what we bring to you um, in a partnership that can uh, be beneficial for both. And I love that. Um, so great to be for your retailer and they can be for the end consumer, consumer or customer, right? The shops or store. Um, what's next? So what and you think about innovation, like what's on the horizon? What are you guys thinking about in terms of new product? Uh, great, great question. And there's always, I, always items in, in the funnel. And we want to make the funnel as wide as absolutely possible. So we're looking at a lot of different items, a lot of different forms and, and uh, formats that, that can come out. For 30 years, consumers have relied on endangered species chocolate to be that great tasting bar. So they're known, we're known in the marketplace for a three ounce bar. And we know consumers are um, changing as well. And some want to stay with their three ounce bar, but we also know they're looking at different formats and we're gonna be innovating in order to accomplish uh, what they see, what they want, what else they want. So whether that be in a bagged item, whether that be kind of the nostalgia chocolate in the better for you uh, category that we play in. So you can look at whether that be your your clusters or your your um, your turtles or what. But also, I think uh, we see an opportunity to be for our retailers when it comes to seasonal and give them an opportunity to have a better for you item during the major seasons, whether that be Valentine's, Easter, Halloween or holiday. Um, we want to be able to to provide to the retailer. Here's a better for you option that your consumers are looking for. Love that little um, plug for a mutual friend of ours. Jeff Anderson has got a great book called Four. You guys should check it out. It's all about being for your customer, for your community, for your organization, your staff. You should check it out. Um, Kurt, I don't even know if you know that we both know Jeff. Um, <laughs> little sidebar publication for him. Um, hey, listen, um, in terms of thinking about some of your biggest lessons learned as a CEO and leader, there we've got a number of, of leaders here looking to grow a brand. What would be two or three things you'd share with them as you think about your experience thus far as, and as you look ahead? Well, I would tell them to read your your good friend <laughs> Jeff Anderson's book. <laughs> To start off with that, because we we've stu we've studied that that book as well, and it it brought us great clarity in over thirty years. And as I mentioned, we I, I've moved from a variety of roles, and the most recent role was sole owner of Endangered Species Chocolate. And I and I began to say, what it, what do we want? What do I want to be the mission, vision, value? So my advice would be, make sure you get mission, vision, values right. Spend the time necessary to say, what, are, what is your mission? What is your values? 
what how are you going to go to marketplace that it matters what would happen if endangered species chocolate wasn't in the marketplace that's our that's our question each and every day what do we need to be doing for our consumers there's your good friend jeff henderson what do we need to be doing for our retailers what do we need to be doing for our employees to ensure that, boy, if they were to say, you know, endangered species chocolate, I can't have that go away. It means so much to me in my life. That nailing mission, vision, values has unlocked all kinds of activities for us. It it is the center of our innovation. It's the center of our new um, brand redesign. It's the center of how we look at and treat our employees and how we are for our employees, how we are for our retailers. I love it. <laughs> Man, I, you know, it's funny. I always say this when I'm doing interviews, there's always something unexpected that, I, you know, and I, that's why I love doing uh, this show. And man, it's so cool to make, a, have a find a mutual connection and an idea like that, that um, I didn't even think about that before we started recording today. It's so great to be able to pull that out and unpack it. Um, <laughs> so amazing. Okay. Um, I, I love the advice. Anything not work? I always have to ask, has there been anything you're like, oh man, that we tried it, we launched it, it, was, it did not work. Any, anything that you could share that was, you know, something that you tried and just didn't work, you had to go back and change? Well, th that's the next two hours that we could spend on this podcast <laughs> sure. talking about what didn't work. It, of course, we've had lots of items that, that, that don't work. And you know what? Innovation is not easy. But you have to, you have to try. Thomas Edison didn't get it right the first time either, and so you have to keep trying. I, there's a litany of items that that didn't work. We've looked sideways. We've looked at competitors and say we better go do that. That did that doesn't always work. Uh, there's been items that we brought to market that we thought were a home run, and the consumer didn't think that they were they were a home run. But we have to keep trying. We always have to keep trying. You know. Um, it's it's important that um, you 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 take one step forward and evaluate and continue to evaluate and and learn. There's there's a host of things that that didn't work, but you just learn and you and you adjust and you move forward. And I love it. Um, so such helpful advice. And as you said, I mean, uh, we're going to have you back um, and we'll unpack some of your other leadership principles and how you're applying those. I think that would be really uh, super interesting and helpful for our audience. Um, before we go, though, how about share with our audience where they could find you, connect with you, buy product, et cetera? Yeah, you can always find me on, on LinkedIn. You can find the brand. Great do domain name, www.chocolatebar.com. And like I said, <laughs> you're going to find us in most of your favorite retailers just ask for endangered species chocolate and i'm sure they're going to be able to find to direct you to the right area awesome i love it and um you can also uh, find endangered species chocolate at expo west if you're out there i'll be there i'll look forward to hopefully seeing you there and um i know many of our listeners will be out at that show um kurt it's been so great having you on uh, we look forward to having you back on down the road thanks for making the time justin thank you the contender cast is powered by contender brands and is the top global consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast. You can find additional contender cast episodes on worldwide podcast platforms, including Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Amazon music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the contender cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. 
This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.